Vincent Grissom, and this is Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 112, titled, Overcoming the Power of Shame. Sometimes the feeling of shame or guilt can cause us to say things like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I actually said that. Or, how can I ever face them again? How can I look myself in the mirror? Or, I'm sure I crossed the line this time with God. Have you ever felt like this? Shame is that painful emotion that is caused by our awareness of guilt, failure, or sin. It can bring the belief that one is worthless and of no value to others or to God, deserving of contempt and rejection. Shame is a little different from guilt, although many times both are present in a given situation. Guilt is the objective reality of deserving punishment because of something we've done. Shame is the subjective feeling of being worthless because of how we see ourselves. Feeling guilt when we sin is a good and godly response so that we run to God and seek his forgiveness. But just feeling shame when we sin can be a destructive response that compels us to run from God for fear of his anger and wrath. Shame can lead to feelings of being not just unqualified, but disqualified from anything meaningful or of having a significant role in the body of Christ. People enslaved to shame are constantly apologizing to others for who they are. They feel small, flawed, never good enough. They live under the fear of never measuring up or never pleasing those whose love and respect they desire. So they put on a false face. They are convinced that if someone were to see them for who they really are, they'd be repulsed or disappointed. So how can we be set free from the exhausting effects of shame? Now, we must be careful to differentiate between justifiable, deserved, and well-placed shame, on one hand, and illegitimate, undeserved, and misplaced shame, on the other. When our actions, attitudes, or words bring dishonor to God, we justifiably and deservedly should feel ashamed. It is normal to feel guilty and shame when you sin. Guilt is God's gift designed to motivate you to initiate reconciliation. The sooner you acknowledge your responsibility, the sooner you can resolve the problem and never follow your confession with that word, but. This is the preface to an excuse. It negates everything you have just said before in your confession or acknowledgement. Some people are very skillful at saying they are sorry, but then nothing changes. Repentance is not only a change of mind, it's a change of direction. Unless you change your behavior, you haven't really repented, no matter how many tears you may have shed. Ask for forgiveness, but remember, you can't demand it. You can only ask and hope the person you've sinned against will extend grace. Sometimes they will wait until you have manifested the fruit of repentance, and that is fine. 
Remember Acts 26, verse 20, which says, First to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and then to the Gentiles. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. Okay, now on the other hand, there are other actions, attitudes, or words for which we should not feel ashamed, even though they may expose us to ridicule and embarrassment. Unjustified shame is often mentioned in Scripture. Here are a few examples. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We should feel boldness and courage in proclaiming the gospel. If people mock us and mistreat us because of our vocal or visible declaration of the gospel, we should not feel any shame. The gospel is the power of God to save human souls. The non-Christian world may think we are weak and misguided, but the gospel is powerful and true. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. If you feel shame when the gospel is made known or when you are identified and linked with someone who is suffering for having made it known, you're experiencing misplaced or unjustified shame. Christ is honored and praised when we boldly speak of him and willingly suffer for him. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed but let him glorify God in that name. Being disliked and mistreated solely because of your commitment to Christ is no cause for shame. In fact, it serves to glorify God. Therefore, shame is not determined based on how we are regarded in the minds of people, but rather based on whether or not our actions bring honor and glory to God. Acts chapter 5, verse 41. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. To be arrested and exposed to public ridicule is a shameful experience, but the apostles did not retaliate. They willingly embraced the feeling of shame because it ultimately honored God. Often the Bible speaks of behaviors or beliefs that ought to induce shame in a person's heart. Mark chapter 8, verse 38 says, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So when we refuse to obey Jesus, to be humble and meek, because we fear that people will roll their eyes or laugh at us for it, we should feel ashamed. Also, when we fail to strive to live a life free of sexual immorality, letting the world congratulate us for not yielding to an outdated view on morality, we should feel shame. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 5-6 through 6. I say this to shame you. 
Is it possible that there is nobody among you wise enough to judge a dispute between believers? But instead, one brother takes another to court, and this in front of unbelievers. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34. Come back to your senses as you ought, and stop sinning, for there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. In these cases, their behavior is bringing dishonor to God. They have dishonored him and should justifiably feel shame. Here are two other texts that speak of well-placed shame. Romans chapter 6, verse 21. What benefit did you reap at the time of the things you are now ashamed of? 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 14. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. Now understand this, my brother and sister. Belief in the truth of the gospel is the power to overcome shame, all shame. The woman in Luke chapter 7 who lived a sinful life, who anointed the feet of Jesus with ointment and wet them with her tears, had much of which to be ashamed. She was a sinner and an outcast. But Jesus pronounced that her sins were forgiven and told her to go in peace. You can read the account in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. Jesus overcame her shame by promising that her sins were forgiven and that she could now live in peace. She could have chosen to believe the condemnation and judgment of the other guests and remain encumbered in shame. Or she could choose to believe that Jesus had truly forgiven all her sins. This is your choice as well when you trust the promise of Christ. 1 John 1 verse 9 If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The solution to sin in our culture is to celebrate it, brag about it, join in a public parade to declare your pride in it. Therefore, people tend to cope with the pain and weight of guilt by simply declaring that the behavior in question isn't bad after all. I've heard it said, by denying sin, they attempt to take away its sting. But the solution for shame isn't celebration or denial, but forgiveness. The message in scripture is that you are probably far worse than you can even imagine, but you are far more loved than you could ever conceive. You can't solve your struggle with shame, only Jesus can. And God's immeasurable and inconceivable love for you was demonstrated by him sending his son Jesus to endure the judgment you deserved. Some of you may think that the solution to your shame is to try harder, do more, obey with greater intensity. You may even be tempted to create more rules and commands for yourself in addition to the Bible. And by legalistically abiding by them all, you hope to suppress or diminish or perhaps even destroy your feelings of inadequacy and shame. 
And although these attempts on your part may seem to make sense and should work, I'm here to tell you they won't. The solution is found in only one place, the cross of Christ, where Jesus took your shame upon himself and endured the judgment of God that you and I deserved. We overcome the power of shame when the Holy Spirit strengthens us to trust and experience the reality of God's immeasurable love for us in Christ. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The Holy Spirit is directly responsible for making possible our experience of feeling and rejoicing in the love God has for us in Christ. We break free from shame when the Holy Spirit awakens us to the glorious and majestic truth that we are truly the children of God. We win in the war against shame when, by the power of the Spirit, we turn our hearts to the unbreakable promise of Christ that nothing can separate us from his love. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12-14 through 14. That is why I am suffering as I am, yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. What you have heard from me keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Here, Paul is not ashamed, but is trusting the truth of God's promise that he will guard him. It is by the Holy Spirit that we find the strength to guard the good deposit, which is the gospel and all its accompanying truth revealed in Scripture. In closing, let us remember, God has given us the ability to feel guilt and shame when we have done what is wrong, so that it might lead us to forgiveness and the freedom from guilt and shame. The enemy wants to destroy us with the burden of guilt and shame, but in Christ, our guilt and shame have been removed. Romans chapter 10, verse 11. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Music